Welcome to Season 2 of the Filament Games Podcast, a show dedicated to game-based learning. Here are your hosts, Brandon Pitzer and Dan Norton. Hey everybody, um, so we are here to talk about or introduce a podcast that we recently recorded live in New York at the Games for Change Festival. Um, I was out there uh, without Dan Norton. That's right. But he's here now. I am. He's thinking about how he wasn't there and he's, yes. he feels bad. You did bring the cardboard cutout, right? Yes. Okay, good. Definitely. Yeah. And I interacted with it. Um, <laughs> Strangely <laughs> ominous. <laughs> yes. Yeah, interacted. Yeah. yeah, that could go anywhere. Anyways, yeah. um, so what I actually did was uh, spoke with Sean Young from Classcraft. If you've never heard of Classcraft, it's a really cool gamification uh, program for classrooms. So it kind of gamifies the entire classroom experience, gives kids classes, uh, meaning, uh, you know, warrior, priestess, rogue, that kind of thing. Um, gives them uh, different achievements, uh, different progression metrics, and just kind of turns the classroom into a really fun environment, and it's a super flexible platform for other teachers. So I spoke with Sean and um, about his kind of background, where he came from, and how he developed the Classcraft product. Um, so without further ado, um, here's the recording of that podcast. Um, so I'm Brandon Pitzer. Uh, just to introduce the podcast quickly, um, we uh, run a podcast out of the Filament Games studio and release that through SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Stitcher. Um, season one is already out, is 18 episodes long. Um, and generally speaking, the podcast is about game-based learning theory, interviews with educators, uh, GBL scholars, and thought leaders uh, in the industry. Um, so excitingly, season two will come out today um, with this episode. Uh, that is currently being recorded, added in after these uh, initial few. Um, so with me, um, I do not have my normal co-host, Dan Norton. I don't know where he is, but I have instead uh, Sean Young. Um, Sean Young is one of the co-founders of Classcraft, which is a free online educational role-playing game that teachers and students play together in the classroom. Uh, the platform allows students to level up, work in teams, and earn powers that have real-world consequences. Um, so acting as a gamification Acting as a gamification layer around any existing curriculum, Classcraft will transform the way that a class is experienced through the school year. Um, so with that, I'm just going to let Sean introduce himself quickly and kind of tell us a little bit of your background. Thanks. Uh, nice meeting you. Um, so I've uh, taught uh, physics for 10 years, and uh, Classcraft came out of my classroom. Uh, while I was doing that, I also had a, was working with Devin, my co-founder. I'm a developer, and he's a designer, so we would uh, do freelance work as well. And so uh, when the idea for Classcraft came about, I had the skills to, you know, the technical skills to do it. I've been a long-term, long-time gamer myself, and, you know, just ran with it and it was only like three years later that we finally decided to uh, team up and actually make a product out of it and distribute it. Sure. So, so like uh, getting into a little bit more into that um, that origin story, kind of what was sort of the tipping point for you guys in terms of like, you know, you had this in your classroom, you knew that your students loved it. Um, how did it go from that to being a thing that, you know, lots of teachers are using all across America? Um, there's actually like a... <laughs> 
serendipity basically I, I made a little website just to talk about what I was doing it was a two pager it was really ugly and it basically said here's a game I'm running other people you should do this it's really fun and the day that went online um, somebody just reposted it on reddit gaming and uh, by the end of that first day, 150,000 people would come to the website. Holy and God. by the end of the week, 250,000 unique views. Jeez. And then the BBC called to do an interview. And oh, you know, everybody was like, how do we play this? And they're like, you can't. There's no product. Uh, so <laughs> following that, we, you know, it was pretty clear there was market fit. Sure. And so we, uh, I'm based in Canada. Okay. Devin uh, is, is based here in Manhattan. And um, we actually got funding from the Canadian government to, to get us started. Cool. Very cool. So what games were you playing when you first designed Classcraft that may have uh, kind of influenced the way that you designed that? It was heavily borrowed off of World of Warcraft. I play a lot of World of Warcraft um, around like 2006. Quarter Alliance? Um, Alliance. Mm. I know, I know. This is now awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Please continue. But, uh, yeah. I, I stopped uh, after Burning Crusade came out. Um, <laughs> wow. So it was a while ago. But right, um, one of the things that fascinated me, and, and which was one of my core values as an educator, was I feel like kids uh, don't work together sufficiently. The system pushes them apart. And so I, I'd done like like some pretty ballsy things early in my career where I'd, you know, had taken my remedial math class and paired them together in teams, and their scores on their report card was the worst of the two. So uh, they would have to like actually work together, and and that was actually really interesting. I it, I stopped it after a while because the stakes were too high, mm-hmm. and that's you know kind of out of those types of experiences that it was like oh this has to be like a safe thing like a game. Sure. And games like World of Warcraft have really figured out team dynamics. Mm. Like the mm-hmm. whole like going through an instance and every person on the team is critical and each has their role to play and and is really important is really what I wanted to make sure was happening in the classroom. So the like. The, the team aspect is modeled heavily after like instance rating in, in World of Warcraft. Sure, sure. And that, yeah, and you, I mean, I'm sure you've got scrubs and, and pros like, like any other team dynamic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, there's a tank class, there's a support class, and there's a DPS class. Sure. And, you know, you the holy the, trinity. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so, you know, let's get into a little bit more about... Um, kind of the the mission that you guys have you know now that you've got that attention now that you've crystallized that um focus on your product uh what what do you feel your mission is now today um what we want to do is redesign the experience so you know you're doing excellent work over at filament you're looking at curriculum more um you know what we're looking at is is a different animal it's the the idea of like how do you address the fact that you have 35 kids in a room they're full of hormones they don't want to be there how do you make that enjoyable and once that's in place then let's bring on like actual didactics in, in real learning mm-hmm. and so you know for us what, what we want to do is gamify the whole experience and so we now have schools that have rolled it out school wide and it's like a giant hogwarts basically oh cool that's <laughs> awesome and so so that whole experience now becomes part of a game and you know all those rote things that kids do like you know you know activities but also like just like the the functioning of daily life is now part of a game. And so raising your hand, that's part of a game. You know, speaking out in class, that's part of a game. Mm. Defending another student from a bully, that's part of the game. And so all of those behaviors that we want kids to, you know, experience and exhibit, you know, fall into this larger bucket of that's how you gain XP. 
And, you know, the game is really crafted to, to force these like collaborative dynamics. So we're seeing it like completely change classroom culture as well, uh, which is really empowering because, you know, for Devin and I both, we had different experiences, but we both had, you know, really horrible high school years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, v- part of my goal as being an educator was to, it was kind of ironic. I hated school, right? So why did I go back and, and, and work there? Right. And, and for me, it was about making sure that the time that kids have there is pertinent and, and meaningful for them. And that's really what Classcraft is trying to do. So we're basically trying to gamify everything that kids are doing Just in the, a school setting. The entire right? school experience. Yeah. Very so cool. you name it, it's part of the game. So, you know, I know you guys uh, just hit a million users. Congratulations. Thank you. Very, very cool. Um, what have you uh, kind of what have what do you feel has has helped you get to that point of market saturation? What, what have you done to kind of lower the barriers to adoption? Um, several things. One of the things we did was make a really high value free product. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that certainly helps. <laughs> yeah, and, and and we you know we we priced the so there's a free version which has you know core features and then a premium version which you know turns on all the bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my frustrations as an educator was I would find out about cool tech and there was just no way that I could get it. Like I, I had a moment where I found out about clickers, you know those things to like mm-hmm. vote. And I was like, I, I need this. This can make my class so awesome. And I researched online and it's like $3,000 for a classroom. It's like, there's no way I can get this and there's no way I can get it approved. Mm-hmm. And so when we built the, the Classcraft business model, we wanted to make it so that teachers could find out about Classcraft, sign up right away, and worst case, pay for it out of pocket. So it's a subscription model. It's $12 a month for an unlimited number of students. And, you know, we... Unfortunately, some teachers are paying for that out of pocket, but more and more, like, what we're seeing is, like, virality within a building. So a teacher finds out about it, gets the premium version. The year after, you know, five or six teachers want to use it, administration starts paying for it, and then, you know, we move up into the, like decision maker ladder in terms okay. of who's you know going to be buying purchasing. so that's very much a like a grassroots approach yeah. kind of bottom yeah. up okay yeah. okay yeah I, you know at filament we um we kind of yeah f- sort of flank <laughs> that hierarchy if you will um we do a lot of communication to teachers we we really try to validate our focus on the educator um but there is that divide you know there's that divide between the buyer and the user um in some cases you know if it's grassroots then there isn't that divide mm-hmm. um but but, but when you're implementing at the district level, there there is some dissonance there. Um, so I think, yeah, like, you know, focusing on the teacher, pricing for the teacher in the classroom, and really building for that environment, I think that's a way that you can convince both sides of that kind of coin um, to, to, to adopt and, and implement. Mm-hmm. Well, and we just moved into district sales, like, uh, in the last six weeks. Okay. Um, that's very recent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's super recent. I, I'm actually, I'm doing the sales right now. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've had several districts come on board in that short time. Excellent. And, but it's a conversation where it's like, hi, you have 15 teachers using Classcraft in your district. Maybe you should consider, you know, a larger licensing deal. Mm. And so it's the, you know, that, that top down approach is, you know, we're starting to go there, but it's a, it's a different approach than solely going there, convincing those people. And then they have to convince their staff. It's more like, right. We already convinced your staff. All you have to do now is pay for them. Right. And so that's a bit of a, like been our strategy there. And, you know, I think the nice thing about like K-12 sales is once you can get into that first district, Mm -hmm. that district becomes your case study. That is, very convincing to additional districts mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they are likeliest to listen to each other, you know? Um, so that's great. Um, 
So, you know, in terms of those two audiences, um, how do you gather feedback from both sides and like how do you kind of incorporate it, that into the product development? Uh, well, we have user forums, okay. uh, so we've <laughs> hundreds of thousands of messages from teachers, you know, <laughs> giving us suggestions, helping each other. Sure. Um, so we keep a really, cl you know, close eye on that. We... Um, we have people on staff and all their, their job is, is only to listen to teachers and help them. So, you know, they're, they're debugging them and at the same time they're getting feedback and they're, you know, passing that on to the product team. So we're really, really listening to, to our users and, you know, their class, the original, like embryo of Classcraft came out of my classroom and my vision as an educator and now we're seeing teachers going so much further than what I did you know sure. taking it to whole new levels and it's like great we need to listen to those people and see what they're doing and see how we can you know automate some of the things that they're doing manually outside of the platform how can right. we bring that into the platform so that they don't have to like have a you know a piece of paper on the side to like keep track of stuff now some of that content is customizable right all of it is yeah, all of it is customizable I Very think that's cool. also been part of our, you know, success there. It's been that, you know, it was clear from the very beginning, you know, I've, I've done PD for teachers. I've done, you know, I've, um, I was a lecturer for undergrad students in, in teaching. So, you know, I, it was really clear to me after that time, um, in my career that teachers all have different teaching styles. And if you want to have something that, that teachers are going to use like Classcraft, that's going to have an impact on their entire ecosystem, you have to make it so that they can completely change it. So all the rules are customizable. The way they kids gain points are customizable. The powers they get is customizable. Like they can basically, make and run Classcraft the way they want. And we see teachers getting super creative with it. Uh, we've seen the same at Filament is you, you provide a model or a template basically for like how you think this, this stuff can work. Um, but you'll always find that the educator has a better idea than yeah. you do yeah. <laughs> when it comes to their classroom. Um, so that, that's, uh, yeah, that, I, I, we found the same. Um, and it's not necessarily a better idea. It's just their own teaching style. That's true. And their yeah. own like perspective and they know their students. Yep. You know, we have powers in Classcraft that are there by default, but really, like, are those really meaningful for every single student in every single context? No. Right. So, you know, teachers have to be able to talk to their kids and find out what has meaning for them and then incorporate that into the game. Right. Well, and I think that's, I think that's super reflective of just the, the kind of new mandates for individualized learning, self-paced learning, um, really, really treating each student as an individual challenge, um, that, that needs their own kind of special pacing and, and, uh, content delivery. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. and, and in this case, it, it gives them buy-in in terms of like, what are the rules of the classroom? What is, what do we expect as a society, as our mini society in the classroom? What, right. what is that going to look like? And they get to have a say in that, which is very new for a lot of teachers. Yes. Um, so, but transformative because then kids, you know, abide by those rules because they help decide them. Right. So um, I am uh, sensitive to the fact that you've got a flight to catch and uh, get to Denver, where I will be joining you next week uh, for ISTE. Um, but I have one more question before I uh, uh, kind of wrap it up with um, some Q&A, which is, um, what do you think the future holds for game-based learning? Um, where, do, where do you think it'll go from where it's at right now? I think we're like... It's funny because it's like, oh, we're at early stages, but really we're not. Like mm. we've been, you know, Dewey was putting forth game-based learning a hundred years ago, right? right. <laughs> or whatever that is. Um, so it's not it's not new. I think what's new is we um, now have technological systems that empower teachers to do it easily. And 
you know, as as those systems get more refined and more interesting, we're going to see more and more educators jumping on board. Even in the, the two years since we launched Classcraft, we've the conversation has shifted. It used to be like, hey, games are good. You, we have to convince you about games. And then we have to convince you about Classcraft. Mm-hmm. And now we're walking into discussions and everybody's clear that games are good. Yep. And, you know, and it's not like research hasn't done that. It's just been like... Uh, I really believe there's like a grassroots thing going on, you know, not, not only around Classcraft, just around games in general of teachers seeing the value of that. They want to meet their kids culturally. You know, they know that their kids are playing these games. They want to be pertinent as teachers. And, you know, when the kids respond and are engaged and are interested, teachers love that. So, you know, I I just think we're going to see more and more of it. I think, um, you know, there's some things to figure out in the industry, like, uh, you know, business models and monetization and, yep. you know, making quality games. You guys know this, you know, mm-hmm. making quality games takes a lot of resources. Yep. You know, how do you make sure that you can, you know, be sustainable off of that a long term? Right. Um, so I think there's like still some industry challenges, but it's definitely just going to go up and, and become more and more prevalent. I also think that, uh, you know, we've we're going to see more and more gamification and game-based learning around around things that we hadn't thought of. Like we're, you know, assessment is still like, how do you gamify assessment? It's still an open question. Yep. Yep. You know, we, you know, how do you gamify uh, note-taking? How do you, like there's, I think there's like all kinds of little niches as well around the like game-based learning space that we've been focusing very much on the like didactical learning content and yep. skills aspect. But I think that there's, a larger opportunity that's going to, you know, emerge from that as well. And, uh, you know, I think we can see that in Classcraft. It's it's more of an expansive approach. It, it, it encompasses more than just tackling individual content areas, uh, which I think is really cool. All right. Well, um, I think that'll wrap it up for today. So uh, Sean can run over to JFK and uh, (laughs) make his way to to mountainous Denver. Um, So thank you, everyone, uh, for coming today um, and wrapping up your Games for Change Festival experience with us. Um, Just another quick reminder that season two of the Filament Games podcast launches today. So be sure to subscribe on Stitcher, iTunes or SoundCloud and listen to more content like the content that you just listen to and in fact your games for change festival experience could just be never ending um so thanks again everybody have a great day thanks for listening to the filament games podcast if you'd like to hear more about games game-based learning and what goes on inside our studio subscribe today on itunes or stitcher